Charles Spurgeon. And something that he said uh, from Proverbs 18, verse 10. So over here on this side, if, if I kind of walk over here, let's call this the strong tower, the stronghold of the enemy. But over on this side, understand I have to walk to a place in my life. If there's one thing that is for sure about our God is he doesn't make you do anything. Let me say that again. God doesn't make you do anything. Can you say that? That's probably the difference between Jehovah God and every other God. I've been to India and Africa and Egypt and Asia and Muslims and, and Hindus. And they have to do something or they will not get to heaven. So today's subject is also about warfare. If you think that you're a special person and you have the special ability to take down certain strongholds from the enemy. In the last weeks, Kathy and I have been praying and talking and listen, listening to some teachings. Your job is to stay under the wings of God and under the blood of Jesus. And when he instructs you, cast out devils, speak in new tongues, baptize people, and go and make disciples. He didn't ask you, you tell me, you show me in the Bible where you are supposed to go and pull down strongholds. No, he did that. Now, I, didn't say, I didn't say mind strongholds. I'm talking about principalities and powers. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to stretch your brain a little bit, but you go find it for him. He says, casting down imaginations. When I'm over here and I'm imagining things and my life is caught up in stuff of the enemy and I'm, you know what it looks like. It's dark. It's for me. It's about me. I forgot about the cross. I forgot about Jesus. I forgot about who I am in Christ. I forgot about the name of Jesus. And what ended up happening is I am stuck on a pity potty party pot, right? But when I run, and you'll find out this word here, to run to the place under his wings, a strong tower against the enemy, Jesus Christ has, has defeated principalities and powers. You don't have to. You say, but I'm, I'm, I'm the prophet. If you hear that, I am the gifted one, and I am going to walk in, and I'm going to pull down these principalities. They're a liar. They're not listening to the scriptures. It's not the truth. You have a sword that is about this long. It's not even a sword. It's a dagger. Your job is to stay in your stronghold, and when he asks you to go out, you cast out devils, you speak in new tongues, you lay hands on the sick and they recover, 
and you make disciples. You help people make disciples. That's your job. Now watch this. Let's go quickly. Now, this is the basis. I don't think in 1862 uh, there was a uh, New Living Translation, but anyway, he, he, in this commentary he names it. Not sure when New Living came, but so in King James, it says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run. There's only a couple times in the scripture, that in the New Testament, he says, run the race. So I love walk. I love kneeling and walking and running. I love posture. Have you ever noticed that somebody in the world, somebody of your uh, work co-workers or whatever, that if you have this arrogant posture of I'm a Christian and you're going to hell attitude, that posture will never cut it. God's posture in you, that Holy Spirit in you is peace. It's, it's what's wrong with you? You're happy all the time. What's wrong with you? You always have peace, even in the midst of a, a storm, flying a helicopter. You're, you're, no matter where you are, you have this peace. What is it? Well, let's sit down and I'll tell you what it is. I have a place that I go to, I run to, especially when I get over there on that pity potty party pot. I run to him. So get the picture of running. The name of the Lord uh, in New Living Translation is a strong fortress. The godly run to him and are safe. Proverbs 18.10. Now let me quickly go through this, this uh, Charles Spurgeon. It's just interesting. Strong towers. I think you're reading along with me. Yep were much greater security in the bygone age, in the old age, than they are now. And when troops of martyr, marauders uh, invaded the land, strong castles, good word right there, were set upon in various hilltops, and, high, and the inhabitants gathered up the little wealth that they, that they and fled there at once. Number one, castles, strongholds, were looked upon as being very difficult places to attack in ancient troops, and ancient troops would rather fight a hundred battles than being overtaken in their or sieged in their stronghold. Number two goes right along with it. Towns that were taken by today's artillery, 12 hours, how about one hour? Right? Mr. Coast Guard guy, held out for 12 years in their strong towers against most potent forces in ancient times. Number three, he that possessed a castle, a strong tower, was lord of all the region. Where did a king live? In a castle. Of course, we know that by the name of the Lord, the name of the Lord is meant the character of the Most High. 
so that our first lesson is that character of God furnishes the righteous with an abundant security. So the picture is extremely simple. When I am in me, and how fast, and this is my note, personal, after a high and after a low, I can, I can sum up, my feet somehow will take me over to my, it's not yours. I will not have the same stronghold as you. My stronghold from the enemy. Is it fear? Is it shame? Almost guaranteed that if those things, or lust, or greed, or pride, imminent pride, no, I won't do that, no. Guaranteed you got it from those, those traits, from dad and granddad and grandmom, and so you're stuck here. You're, but, but when you run to the place of your strong tower from the Lord, you will be safe. We're going to read Psalm 91 in a little bit. And I want to pray with you. I believe that your life will never be the same if you grab a hold of these five principles. Stronghold number one. The name of Jesus. I think we sang about it just a little bit this morning. <laughs> I was talking to my son the other day, and he was doing something very important, and he wrote, wrote something out. And I said, Tim, this is so good, but you are missing something. I urge you, I beg you as my dad, as your dad, don't say the word Lord or the word God. Certainly don't say, good buddy upstairs. Tim, it's the name of Jesus. If you have trouble saying that name, you need to repent. You need to go into God and stand before him and say, God, I'm ashamed of your name. That's pretty, pretty strong. But there is no other name. And we're going to read Philippians here in a second. And it, these scriptures... Let's start with uh, uh, Psalm 61, 1 through 4. I've been hooked late, just lately on the passion. Forgive me if for some reason you don't like it. Our God, hear my prayer. Listen to my heart's cry, for no matter where I am, even when I'm far from home, I will cry out to you for a father's help and when I'm feeble and overwhelmed with life, lead me to your glory, to your rock, where I am safe and sheltered. We just sang that song. Lord, you are a paradise of protection to me. You lift me high 
above the fray. None of my foes can touch me when I'm held firmly in, this is a favorite phrase of the passion, your wrap-around presence. Keep me in this glory. Let me live continually under the splendor, the shadow, the hiding place, hiding my life in you forever. Selah. Pause. Think about that. What about Jesus? He's all over. His glory. The, literally, Jesus was clothed, covering Adam and Eve. That's what it was. I don't know how. It's, it's like, you know, pixie duck, gold, glory. He, that's what Adam and Eve were covered with. And when sin came, when sin came, it fell away. And all of a sudden, I was naked. All of a sudden, I had shame. All of a sudden, I had fear. All of a sudden, I had no ability to be confident. I had no ability to stand in faith. I had no ability to know the power of his resurrection. I was, I was under me, myself and I. But when I go to this place, the wraparound glory and presence of Jesus, I am in a strong tower. I love that Charles Spurgeon thing, the, the picture of it. Nobody, <laughs> oh, he's in, a, he's in a strong tower. Forget it. That's what they said. Forget it. He's up there in his strong tower. I'm not sure what it looked like uh, in, in the old days, how they did it. But you imagine the movies where you see the guy, the stone and the... <sighs> mm. Philippians 2, let's, let's read this. In the name of Jesus, as I read this, I pray you'll never be the same. The authority of the name of Jesus causes every knee to, oh, Philippians 2, 10 and 11. Every knee to bow in reverence. Everything and everyone will want. iPads. Sorry. And everyone one day will submit to the name in the heavenly realm, in the earthly realm, and in the demonic realm. And every tongue will proclaim in every language, Jesus Christ is Yahweh Lord, bringing glory and honor to him. Any other questions? Number two, Jesus, the word of God, my castle. <laughs> we have a little game every morning. My wife reads the devotions, and then there's two or three scriptures on there, and we, she tries to see how many of them I've memorized. And it's fun because I want to memorize the whole word. Jesus is the word. In the beginning was the word. 
the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh. When I was born again, the Word was born in me, and it's birth, it's, it's in seed form, and it's in, and it's in fruit form, and it's in liquid Holy Ghost form, and it's in Jesus form, and it's in Father form, and it's in Holy Spirit form, and, and he teaches and shows me how to speak the word and how, how I am changed by his word. I have no fear in me by his word. I have prosperity by his word. I walk in victory by his word. Something. By his word. I walk in victory by his word. I've been set free. Psalms 3 and verse 3. But in the depth of my heart, I will truly know that you, Yahweh, have become my shield. You take me and surround me with yourself. Your glory covers me continually. Say it with me. Your glory covers me continually. Again, your glory covers me continually. You lift my head. What is this? It's either the base of three things, pride, fear, or shame. And what will my father do? Well, first of all, get out of here. And I run. I run to the strong tower of the name of Jesus and the word of Jesus. You get sick of one, we're talking about one, you shouldn't, but if you do, let's go to the Word of God. Thousands and thousands of scriptures that deal exactly perfectly, and you're sitting there at the whole time with the sniper gun and going, oh, there comes a demon, and there comes one, he's gone, those thoughts are gone, I, 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 I cast down imaginations, not principalities and powers. They're in a place where the angels of God are taking care of them. You are casting down principalities and powers and rulers of spiritual wickedness in high places. That's what you're casting down. You say, but what do I do in intercession? You pray. And the Father does the bidding. Jesus does the bidding to the Father. Read it. Romans chapter 8. What I'm trying to say here is that your life can be peace and patience and power, not anxiety and fear and, and I have to do something in order to get something. You get to do Jesus, his blood, his word. No, that's number three. Let's go to it. His name his word, well, let's, let's read uh, Psalm 138 first, getting ahead of myself. 138, here it goes. I will worship towards your holy temple. I praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. Look it, look it, look it. For you, would you read it with me? Have magnified your word even above your 
name. Say it one more time. For you have magnified your word even above your name. What's God saying? He said, if my word is not good, in which it ties together all the way from Genesis to Revelation, and it never misses, it never fails. It's the spoken word of God. And it, I mean, I will never forget that picture when I was in, in India. I was driving, we were driving from a youth rally of about 20,000 kids, and we were driving through this little town, and all of a sudden up above there was a commotion going in this town, and the interpreter was starting to tell us, that is a funeral possession of a Hindu person. And he began to explain. They were throwing petals, and literally the corpse was dangling on a mat with four people holding it. This person was drunk and literally fighting with somebody. They were moaning and groaning and wailing. And their hope was that, that this man would come back as a man, as a human being, instead of a one-legged duck. I'm not joking. Or a cow or a whatever. Reincarnation. How would you love to have that hope? I'll never forget that moment. I drove out of that place through there and I went, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that I have literally something to hold on to. The name of Jesus, the word of Jesus, and now the blood of Jesus. If you ever, ever, ever stop going to the cross, if you ever get lost in your focus, you must go to the cross. We say, well, was it in the Old Testament? Are you kidding me? Thousands and hundreds of millions of sacrifice. A dove for this, and a lamb for this, and a goat for this, and a steer for this, and this for this. And, and Solomon said, and David said, I'm going to give 20,000 steers today for, for my Lord and my God. Just read it. What is that all symbolizing? That, that they're buying their forgiveness and covering of their sins through a sacrifice. God said, you must do this because you're under the law. But the day the veil was open the veil torn, and you and I stood at the foot of the cross, and we were set free from everything, every stronghold of the enemy, so that we could run. I'm running, I'm running to my stronghold from God. So let's read Psalm 91. Uh, 9 to 11 and or 1 through 7 and 9 through 11. Father, I ask you to anoint this as I read this. Let them see the cross. Let them see the power of the blood of Jesus. 
when I abide under the shadow of Shaddai. I'm hidden in the strength of Most High God. He is the hope that holds me, the strong hold to shelter me. The stronghold, say it with me, the stronghold to shelter me. Don't ever think of stronghold the same way before. I have a stronghold from my dad or granddad or great-granddad, and it's never, I can't get it broken off of my life. Trust me, I get it. Everybody has one. Everybody has something that holds you. It is the thing that wants to keep you from your destiny. Run to him and he will break it. He will break its power. And everybody said, and everybody said, okay. Are you out there? Are you shy? He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me. The only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. And he will protect you from false accusations and any deadly curse. His massive arms will wrap around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night. Nor fear from the spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear. Don't fear a thing. Whether by night or by day, demonic danger will not trouble you. Nor will the powers of the evil being launched against you, even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands, COVID, I mean thousands and thousands, you will remain unscathed and unharmed when we live our lives within the shadow of the Most High, our secret hiding place. We will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. So I have a question. Here's the question. I was writing to church and he said, say this several times if you can remember. Here's the question. Will you go there? to the name of Jesus. Will you go there to the word of Jesus? Will you go there to the blood of Jesus? I'm running, I'm running. That's why I like that song. That, that, that latest song. Oh, I'm running. I love Psalm 91. 
And when you, the passion, just that amplified, just does amazing things. So number one, the name of Jesus. Number two, the blood, the, the word of Jesus. Number two, the blood of Jesus. And number three, that we've talked about several times. I'm not going to go there today, but you study about it. The glory of Jesus. So what I would pray is that he would restore to you the same glory that was clothed on Adam and Eve. I think about it when I'm thinking of, of us being married. And if you look in Ephesians, that's what he's talking about. A glorious bride, a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. And, and the husband needs to cover his wife and the wife subservient and whatever, but it's all under Jesus. God does his thing through us. And because of our union, we're 10,000 times stronger wherever we go in Christ. Number four, the glory, Shekinah glory. The essence of the excellency of God's character. One of my definitions of glory. I truly believe that as I'm driving down the street, and I've been trying to quit for three years with Paul Bundy Transit, but I, I, enjoy, I, just, I enjoy it so much because people get on the bus. Just a recent story in the last two years, a lady got on my bus, I got talking to her, she got talking to me, she, she's a Christian, she, she was out of fellowship, she came over to our house for some Bible studies, we're praying for her son, and a month ago, this is, that was a real speedy version of this whole story, uh, a month ago, I baptized his son, her, her son, in a lake by Laporte, and along with her son came, her son's son. And I went for a walk with him and he was ready to be baptized. I was weeping when I was talking to him because of the glory that was in that house from mom to son. Oh, the son was in prison or jail when we were praying for him at first. It's a long story. Anyway, the cool part of the story is I dunked him under the water and when he came out, right up above, this lady was on the bank going like this. And I got up, and I looked at her, and I says, what's wrong? She said, nothing's wrong. There was a big old eagle that just flew right over the top of you, right when he came out of the water. Anyway, God does pretty cool things. <laughs> but his glory leads, his glory, fire by night and a cloud by day. Right? Number five, this one no one will disagree with. Jesus, love. Love that is patient and kind, never jealous or envious, nor boastful, nor proud, nor haughty, nor selfish, nor rude, nor irritable, nor touchy, nor seeks its own way. It bears all things it believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. It's the reason my wife still likes me. 
After 40 years, in a couple weeks, about, about a month, 40 years. I love you. It's pretty cool, isn't it? 40. 40 years. It's a lot like the time they were in the wilderness. Wow. We've, we've only been there for about 25. <laughs> uh, where did that come from? Let me read this and I'm going to close. Romans 8. 35, 38, and 39. Who could ever divorce us from the endless love of God's holy anointing? Absolutely no one. For nothing in the universe has the power to diminish his love. Trouble, pressure, problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. What about persecutions, deprivations, dangers, death threats? Nope. For they are all impotent to hinder, impotent, omnipotent love. So now that I am with confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love, I'm convinced that his love will triumph over death life's troubles, fallen angels, or dark rulers in heavenly. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. There is no power above us or beneath us, no power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love. Any other questions? see that baby right there and one in the tummy what are you, what do you think about I would do anything I love I love it before I even see her they're, they love it so much they're not even listening to my sermon <laughs> Robert I'm going to talk to you afterwards I'm going to walk over there right one more time. And as we're closing, I'm asking you. I'm begging you. That if you have been in this place, let's call it three things. Pride, shame, fear, and all of their tentacles that live out of those three powerful strongholds from <clears throat> the enemy. Your first problem is that I'm good. I'm, or how do we say it? I'm good. I'm good. Leave me alone. I'm good. If you don't have somebody you're accountable to, it will crumble. I mean, first of all, Jesus, the, the, the name of Jesus, the word of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the glory of Jesus, and the love of Jesus. But, but if you're in denial and if you can't take this up and say, God, 
I humble my get on my knees and I tell you that I am pathetic. I am stuck in this place and I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. And so I run. And you might have to have help from somebody to say, drag, drag you over to the place. And you crawl up together into this strong tower of the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the word of Jesus, the glory of Jesus, and the love. There is no power above us or beneath us, no power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love to us. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you. My child, got lots of things for you. Please run out of that place of fear. Please run out of that place of torment because fear has torment. My child, I have, I have lots for you to do. You can't do it with shame. Let me walk up to you and lift up your head. Would you, would you do that for me as we close? Would you lift up your head? Would you say this with me? Father, come on, would you say this with me? Don't, don't mess around right now. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus. I walk, I run. <laughs> don't, don't walk, you run. <laughs> I run into your name, Jesus. I run into your word, Jesus. I run into your blood, Jesus. I run into your glory, Jesus. Cover me. Help me run against myself. Me, myself, and I. I'm tired of it. Get out of here, fear. Get out of here, pride. And Jesus, wrap me with your love. Right now. In your presence. Got two minutes. Let's sing together. Jesus, 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 there's just something about your name, Master, Savior, Jesus. Like the fragrance 
after the rain. Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim all kings and kingdoms will all pass away but there's something about <laughs> your name Zach come on up here thank you Lord Jesus and all the kids that are going to camp Please, come on up. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Would you stand up? <clears throat> Elders, please come up to those that, you know, feel led to come and pray. Thank you, Lord. No, nobody is... Uh, you don't have to sit. You don't have to stay there. Come on and lay hands on somebody. And we're going to pray an anointing in the name of Jesus. <clears throat> the name of Jesus. The word of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. The glory of Jesus. Amen. And the love of Jesus that will change their life. That they'll walk out of any strongholds. Amen. From the enemy and live and abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Hallelujah. Stretch your hands this way. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we come. Boy, I understand how powerful camp is. And I pray in Jesus' name as these young ones go that their lives will be changed. Set their face, Jesus that they will see you, that they will run to the tower that you have set up for them. The name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the word of Jesus, the glory of Jesus, and the love of Jesus. We thank you for it. God, we come. Thank you for the leaders. ask you to give them patience and strength for this coming week. We thank you in Christ's name. Before we close, does anybody else have something you'd like to pray? I'm sure we can find well, a mic. Yeah, and before, we're going to have announcements after yep. this. Um, the kids are leaving today right after church, and then you're coming back Wednesday afternoon-ish. Okay. Noon? About 1 or 2 o'clock. About 1 or 2 o'clock. So think about these youth throughout the week. If something comes to mind, pray for them. Hallelujah. God's going to do amazing things. All good? Okay. Hallelujah. Okay, you guys can go back to your seats. I'm going to turn things over to Peter here. All right. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Oh, Tim must not have stirred you up quite enough. Maybe you're still contemplating the message. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Yes, good. Uh, this morning, uh, just a, a couple of announcements. First, we, uh, I believe we have a potluck meal after the service here. Is that correct? Correct. Good. All right. So you're welcome to join us. Fellowship, good food. 
Um, yeah, stick around. It's all good stuff. Um, and the only uh, other announcement for this week, I believe, is uh, our Wednesday youth, uh, or all Wednesday activities this week at 6 p.m. Uh, will not be happening, so nothing going on at the church here at 6 p.m. this week. But I believe they'll be picking up again next week, correct? All right, so very good. Uh, before I let us go, I just I was, uh, I was thinking about camp this morning. Uh, I love camp. I've, was going, I've been going to camp for 20, maybe more years uh, since I was a little kid. And everything about camp is wonderful. And my favorite thing about camp is, uh, if you haven't gone, uh, the best thing about camp is that it gives you just a short amount of time to leave behind <laughs> Uh, all the things, the distractions of life, and, and take a few moments to sort of center yourself with Jesus. Uh, and I was thinking about this morning what I, what I wanted to say, and I think um, I was reminded of a, a short story from the book of Matthew chapter 18. And in the story, uh, and you go read it, Matthew chapter 18, uh, there's a story in which Jesus is um, accosted by some children <laughs> Uh, some children are running up to him. They want to greet him. They want to be with him. And the disciples, of course, they, they think that's inappropriate. Children belong elsewhere, right? They don't belong with the Christ. They don't belong with this great teacher. Um, the great teacher doesn't have time for children, right? Uh, and Jesus says, no, not, not so. I bring the little children to me. And then he tells them the sto a story, an interesting story. Uh, he says that once upon a time, there was a shepherd and he has a great flock, a fold of a hundred sheep, but one, he says, goes missing at some point. And it says, wouldn't that shepherd go out and seek out and go to great lengths, not just a little, you know, take a little radius around his field. He says he goes into the mountains, searching a great length to find this lost sheep. He brings it back on his shoulders, he said, and wouldn't there be great rejoicing? Uh, he, would, he would invite his friends over and said, I found something that was, that was lost, and wouldn't... Uh, and isn't that, and it says, what, isn't that just like the way I feel about these children now, that I would go out of my way, not, not just that there's something on the side, I say, oh, they're nice, I would go out of my way to find them. Uh, and so what I was thinking about this morning in regards to camp is, uh, for those of you, you teens who are leaving us to go there, uh, camp is a place um, where you meet all sorts of people. Um, I know the kids here, you probably are in all sorts of different places in your walk uh, with Jesus. I know at different points of time when I was going to camp, I was at different places in uh, my walk with Jesus. Uh, and I know there was different times in my life where I had reasons to sort of count myself out of what was going on around me. Uh, different times where I said, well, I've gone to church my whole life maybe, and I, you know, what, what, what more do I have to learn perhaps? Does Jesus really have anything for me? I'm not one of these lost souls, right? Um, Jesus is here for maybe the people who are addicted to drugs or they're, uh, they're having problems at home. Jesus wants to meet with them and change their lives. But me, I'm just some normal Joe, right? Uh, who am I, right? Uh, there were other times where maybe I, I felt like I was at my lowest point and I really needed Jesus. And I was like, man, what, what, is Jesus really going to meet me? He's, he's going to meet the spiritual people, the people who are really, uh, man, the, the people who are really interactive at camp. They're, they're the the main characters, right? I'm just on the side, right? And there were times I felt like that as well. But in each of those times, every time, every week I ever went, uh, I remember no matter what I was feeling <laughs> that week, Jesus met 
with me. He had something special just for me, whether it was something big and extravagant. I remember, I, I think it might have been a camp that Tim was preaching at, and we uh, were praying over the kids, and I came up, and I received the gift of tongues, and it was wild and crazy and amazing. But I remember moments where I was just sitting in the benches, and it was quiet, and it was personal, and it was something where God spoke to me deep, and he said, I love you. I know you, I wanna be with you, I wanna share this moment, and you don't have to get wild and crazy, I just want to be quiet and still. And those things can happen to you. So what I, what I wanna say, and maybe this is for all of us, is don't look to the right or to the left at a camp that's really easy to do, because people are gonna be doing all sorts of things around you, and it's easy to uh, try to base what you're feeling or what you're going through on what other people are going through and experiencing with Jesus. But what I say to you is seek him for yourself that personal thing that is just for you, between you and Jesus, be real, <laughs> be genuine. Don't try to copy what other people are doing. Be real and genuine with him this week. And this is for all of us, isn't it? <laughs> to be real and genuine with him. Don't be faking it this week. That's part of what Tim's message was about, right? Run to him, be real, honest, right? So in that sense, I'm gonna pray for us, pray for our teens who are leaving us right here, right away. And Jesus, we thank you for what you're doing with us this week. We thank you that we have an opportunity not to just pass by. This is just another week of our, of our life. This could be a week where we meet with you that changes our lives in some distinct and beautiful way because we know the God of the universe who loves us, who cares for us, and provides a place for us to be safe, secure, and made whole and well in you, Jesus, that name, just like Tim was saying, that name, that person who is you and real to us. Let it, you be real to us this week in some significant way. In your name, Father, we pray, amen. So you're dismissed. Uh, yeah. God be with you this week. <laughs>